This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I am your host, Ben Krakowski, and today we're going to talk about the Packers' final preseason game this Saturday. And with that, I want to make my predictions on the final roster for the Packers. This game on Saturday against the Bills is so important for many different positional battles that are currently going on right now for the Green Bay Packers. And there are some jobs that will be won and lost in Saturday's game. One unique part about this game for the Packers that is actually fairly uncommon for a preseason game is the fact that the Bills will be playing a lot of their starters on Saturday. Usually, uh, this close to the regular season, teams are going to, are going to opt out um, to have their um, starters sit, make sure they're rested, healthy, ready to go for the re- regular season. But the Bills are about to play a lot of their starters, um, and which is really good for the Packers. Um, the Packers, on the other hand, um, and most teams in the NFL for the last preseason game like to have their lower and less prominent players play in the game. They allow players on the bottom of their depth chart to battle it out and put it all out there four final cuts. And I think that is the way to go. Um, But usually when both teams do that, if both teams are playing their less prominent players, their guys at the back end of their roster, you can start to see lots of bad players versus lots of bad players. And it can make evaluating and weighing their performance pretty difficult. For example, if you have a wide receiver who has over a hundred receiving yards, maybe a couple touchdowns in this game, but the cornerback matched up against him, for that entire time, he got all those yards, got all those touchdowns, never plays in the NFL again. How good is that performance actually? But for the Packers, here's what is nice. The Packers are going to play some starters on Saturday. Not a lot. Uh, but with that, they are going to play a majority of their backups and depth players in Saturday's game. And they're going to be able to see these guys play against actual NFL players, meaningful NFL players who are going to contribute in big ways because lots of these guys the Bills will play will be starters. Guys like Josh Allen, you know, a guy who was an elite quarterback last year is going to play in this game and more. And so this is going to be big because if a Packers player stands out in this game against these players, it says a lot more than against the future UPS drivers and teachers. No offense, I'm a teacher. (laughs) Uh, But just normal everyday people, um, these are going to be guys who are going to play this year and help the Bills be a very, very good football team, a football team that is pretty much guaranteed to be playoff bound at this point um, and could, again, win their division. So let's dive in and position by position, I'm going to run through who I believe will make this final roster for the Packers. This is fun. I like being able to try to predict it. And I just want you guys to, as we go through each position group, kind of see where we're at. Is there a competition going on? Uh, what needs to happen and what I think is going to happen. So starting with the QBs, um, 
This one was one of the easier ones for me, positional groups, to decide, okay, how many are we going to keep and how are we gonna, how many guys are we going to have to cut or try to move to our practice squad. And obviously you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Jordan Love. I'm not going to talk about that. These guys um, are going to be on the roster. Jordan Love is the primary backup, you know, guy who was ready to start if Aaron Rodgers had opted out for the season or we would have traded him or whatever. And so these are your two guys. Jordan Love is dealing with a minor shoulder injury, but I think it seems like that is totally healed. It seems like he's going to play in Saturday's preseason game. And because of that, um, I believe the Packers are only going to keep two QBs on this roster. Last season, they kept three because Jordan Love wasn't ready to be the primary backup. So Tim Boyle was on the roster as well. But because... Jordan Love is ready. He is good to go. He is healthy now. I think the Packers are not going to be able to keep three QBs on this roster as good as Kurt Benkert looked over the last two weeks, especially last week when he got to run the number two offense rather than just the primary backups in that game. I like Kurt Benkert a lot. This is a guy who uh, has impressed uh Usually you're looking for an undrafted rookie to come in, stand out uh, as they're coming into the NFL. As they're, And I didn't expect Kurt Banker to play as well as he has, being a, uh, a sort of veteran in the NFL at this point in his career. He's looked great. He's done a lot of really good things, not only in the preseason, but in practice as well. And I've been very, very impressed. But this is a guy who the Packers, they just don't have room to keep three QBs on the roster. Um, I'm really hopeful. Bankard is a guy who we can uh, stash on our practice squad. He has not started that minimum amount. Uh, he has not played in that minimum amount of regular season games to keep him from being able to be eligible to be on a practice squad. And I so I know this guy will be on a practice squad somewhere. But the problem is the thing that's going to be difficult for the Packers in this process is by cutting Kurt Benkert. It's going to give other teams in the NFL a chance to sign him. Obviously that's, that's, that's the whole point of this. That's why this is a very hard process. Oh, probably a week ago, I would have been totally entirely fine with cutting Kurt Benkert, knowing we could sign to the Packers squad Benkert, knowing that, Hey, this is his, his backup job to win probably next year. Um, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's behind Jordan Love, it's his job to win next year, and he could be the primary backup for an NFL team. The enticing and difficult part for him, though, is the Atlanta Falcons, I think, just lost their primary backup to injury. Um, I believe it was A.J. McCarron out for the season, a guy who's backing up Matt Ryan, and I think Kurt Benkert is better than the other guys they have in that QB room right now. And so the Falcons might be a team that would be willing to keep three quarterbacks because of that and sign Kurt Benkert to their active roster. Benkert is formerly of the Atlanta Falcons, and he knows that system really well. He practiced, he was in the practice squad in that system last season. And so. Um, that is something to consider here. And we're going to have to see whether or not the Falcons make a move like that. Uh, I'm not sure if they will. Um, but uh, if not, and I think we have to take that chance, 
by cutting Kurt Benkert because there's just too many players you want to keep on this team. And it's go- this is going to be difficult enough already. And with certain injury issues at other positions, I think we're going to have to keep only two QBs on this roster. So Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love are the guys we're keeping. Moving on to the running backs. Um, here, luckily for the Packers, there was no competition, honestly, for the final running back spot on this roster. Uh, Aaron Jones is obviously the guy. Signed him to that new contract extension. He's going to be our starter. He's going to do some really good things this year. He's a special player. A.J. Dillon, second-round pick in 2020, um, uh, has shown us enough flashes, and we've seen it both as a runner and as a pass catcher, how special he can be with his ability to break tackles, um, his elusiveness, and actually his his ability to accelerate so fast at his size is is very, very special. His top speed is nothing crazy, but how fast he gets there is really good. And so Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon are going to do some really good things this year. But Colin Hill, um, seventh-round pick in this year's draft, he has been special. He's been an he was an elite player in last week's game. I'm excited to see him play a little bit in this week's game. I don't I don't know if I want him to play a lot. I don't want him to get injured. Um, honestly, and he's not entirely healthy. I don't think at this moment. And so, um, but if he plays, hopefully he continues to build on that performance, continues to do well, and hopefully he does. Hopefully he does get those reps in because when the regular season comes. Aaron Jones is probably getting two out of every three drives. A.J. Dillon is getting one of every three drives. Um, Kylan Hill is probably getting a half of a drive in there. And so, and every three or four drives. And so, hopefully, Kylan Hill can continue to build on his performances. But what he's done right now is he's given the Packers a lot of confidence in that third running back spot. And... With that confidence, the Packers don't feel like they need to have three, four guys in that running back room because uh, they can rely on just these top three. And so that's huge for the Packers because guys like Patrick Taylor, guys like Dexter Williams, guys who maybe still have a little promise, there's a tiny percent chance of hope for these guys. Um, They haven't played in enough regular season games to actually be um, uh, scared about being cut. You can cut both these guys. You can try to get one of these guys on your practice squad. To me, running back uh, is a position that's very, uh, how do I say it? Uh, there's lots of really good running backs in the NFL right now. It's a it's a very, uh, it's a position that does not lack scarcity, okay? And honestly, I would be probably looking all over um, there's a lot of players. I think it's 864 players from the 80 to 53 man cut by Tuesday that are going to be available. 864 new players. Um, guys who were, they're good players, obviously. To get this close to the NFL is very impressive. But some of those players are rookies, rookie running backs or young running backs. And guys who have not been able to, maybe they're in a really deep running back room. Uh, when you think about the Cleveland Browns, for example, that's a very deep running back room or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not a deep running back room, but a lot of guys with similar talent near the top. And so uh, because of that, there's going to be some guys who are cut and there's a chance 
these guys maybe would rather sign to your practice squad than the team that they were just working for. It's it's not as likely, but if you can make them a really good offer, uh, sometimes you can sign these players for more than what they uh, could get from their other team. Uh, sometimes money can play an issue or play a factor. Um, maybe it's just, hey, we there's only three guys we're keeping on the regular season roster. Um, other teams might keep four running backs. And so it might be enticing for a player to come uh, work on our practice squad, be that fourth string running back for the Packers because two injuries happen and you're looking at being the primary backup number two guy in this offense. So uh, while other teams do keep four or five running backs, the Patriots might be a team that keeps four running backs this season, for example. So uh, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Kylan Hill. So that totals our roster now at five with 48 spots left. At receiver, this is where it gets interesting for the Packers. One player who I believed was going to for sure make this roster after his week one performance was Devin Funches. Funches looked very impressive throughout uh, training camp and even in his live action in the preseason. I was very impressed and uh, I was for sure giving this guy a place on the roster to have a guy at his age. I don't think he's old by any means, but his experience level having five years in the league um, five of those years he played meaningful snaps a few of those years as starters for his former team in the Carolina Panthers this is a guy who to have him as your fifth string option at wide receiver would have been incredible okay Uh, but he faced an injury last week and it was much more severe than I had thought I didn't see media members making a big deal about this, but this guy's going to be out for the season. He's already been put on the IR, and that's really sad news. Uh, Devin Funches opted out last year, missed an opportunity to help this team in a big way, uh, and then this year came in, had a really strong camp, and is going to be out for the season. So really bad news for Devin Funches and his future in the NFL at this point. But... Um, what that does is it does make this decision much easier for the Packers. The Packers have five guys that are for sure making this roster. You got Devontae Adams, MVS, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers. These are Amari Rogers has not played well by any means. He's a rookie, but um, he's a third round pick and he does add something special and unique to this offense. Those top four guys are special. And all of them have their, those MVS, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, they all have their unique role that makes them very important for this offense. And Devontae Adams, obviously, being the clear-cut clear cut best receiver in the NFL right now. And so um, what that does leave is the last few players on this roster. And of those few players, uh, if I was going to keep one more, which I think the Packers will keep one more receiver this year. Last year, they kept only five receivers actually on their regular regular season roster. Made a surprising cut at the end of training camp by cutting Jake Kumaro and keeping Malik Taylor last year. And I think they're going to keep Malik Taylor again this year. This is a guy who worked an entire year in the system. They kept him last year over someone who really played well during 
not only practice, but during the preseason, or there was no preseason last year, sorry. Uh, but Jake Kumaro was one of the best receivers in practice, really good, but he, what he didn't add was enough to the special teams, and I think Malik Taylor is going to do that. And not only can Malik Taylor do that, but with his speed, he might be the only guy left on the Packers roster who could maybe be that deep threat if we needed him to be a little bit. You know, he's never going to be the same as MVS, but if MVS did go down with an injury, he could maybe play that role in some way. And so what he adds to special teams, what he's shown on the field in preseason, I've seen a really good route runner actually, and he's been able to create space. And so I've actually been fairly impressed with Malik Taylor. I wasn't ready to give him this sixth wide receiver job if Devin Funches was healthy, but Devin Funches wasn't. And this is really a place where we see injuries really seal the deal for a lot of these guys and a lot of these position group battles. Um, other guys left on this roster, though, for the Packers at receiver, Damon Hazelton is going to get cut. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown, this is a guy who the Packers have held on to a very long time. When he was healthy, he did get a lot of snaps, actually, towards the end of last season um, instead of Malik Taylor at receiver because they like him as a receiver more than Taylor. They like Taylor, though, more as a special teamer. EQ, I think, is going to have to be cut at this point. I don't think he's stayed healthy enough. I don't think he's shown enough on the field that the Packers are going to keep him. Reggie Begleton, cut. Hopefully, this is a guy they can move to their practice squad. This is Begleton's a guy they're really developing, coming from the CFL. And finally, Jawan Winfrey. This is a guy who I loved. This is a guy who I almost, a month ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I would have said, this guy is a for sure, for sure going to make this roster this is the surprise player that's going to make this roster and it's going to blow everyone's mind after what we continue after we see even more from him moving forward he did after about one week of training camp where he was very impressive he was one of he looked like the best receiver out there other than you know Devontae Adams obviously but he looked like the best receiver out there this guy ran the best routes this is a guy who beat Jair Alexander multiple times he is incredible at his releases, at his route running, and this is a really good player. But this is a guy the Packers are going to have to cut. But this guy is a young player. He's not some uh, veteran who's played for a very long time. No, this isn't. That's not uh, Jawan Winfrey. This is a guy who's never played in the NFL yet. He's a young player who the Packers can. Sadly, if they cut him, other teams have a chance to sign him. But because he put no information out there during the preseason on film, I don't think this is a guy other teams are going to pick up. I think he should be picked up. I think he has the potential to actually affect the Packers receiving, like uh, be a, a factor in our receiving core this season if he would have been healthy. But he wasn't healthy. Three weeks ago, he suffered a shoulder injury. He missed all of the preseason. He has not practiced at all during that time. I'm not sure what the shoulder injury is. It's it's really too bad um, that this is happening. Uh, but luckily for the Packers, because he never put anything on film in the preseason for other teams to look at, this is kind of a steal for the Packers. 
if I was going to say so myself, uh, because they're going to be able to sneak him on the practice squad. Yeah, there's going to be beat reporters out there who's talked about him a lot, but I don't think uh, he necessarily is going to be known about enough throughout the N- around the NFL that teams are going to pick him up. So Jawan Winfrey is going to get cut, which I I didn't want to see happen, obviously, but he got injured. He and but this is a guy who look out for him because I I hundred percent could see an injury happening and the Packers bringing up Jawan Winfrey when he's finally healthy. Because I think as an actual outside receiver, I think Jawan Winfrey would be preferred over Malik Taylor. I believe that as a receiving option for the Packers, what Jawan Winfrey has done and proved in practice for the Packers, the Packers know this guy is special. And so hopefully he's continuing to stay on track uh, mentally uh, he is mentally getting very prepared to be able to play because I think he can help this Packers team this season when we do start to face injury at the receiver position. So we kept six receivers there. And so at tight end, I had the Packers. Um, I think they're going to keep four of these guys. Um, Mercedes Lewis, our veteran, he's our true blocking inline tight end, a leader on this team. Tunyon, I honestly, I'm going to say right now, this is going to be the fourth best tight end in the NFL this season based off of pro football focus grades. I'm, I'm calling it right now. Tunyon has been amazing in camp. You know what? Actually, I'm going to say he's the third. I think he's going to be better. Um, he's not going to be as good as Kelsey or Kittle, but I think he might be the third best tight end in the NFL this season. This guy has been fantastic, and he is going to get paid a lot of money next season. Um, I think Josiah DeGuara is that third guy. He's our H-back, and I think he can. He is versatile enough to be that inline tight end and come in for a Mercedes Lewis, or he can also take over Robert Tunyon's role if an injury were to occur to either of these guys. And the Packers use three tight ends really often. Um, uh, the last position, the last tight end to make this group, this was this was hard right away. Um, but luckily actually for the Packers, they don't have to make that decision for two more weeks because Jay Sternberger is suspended for the first two weeks of the season due to, uh, a behavior incident that happened last year because of that suspension, he can't play, but also he doesn't count as a roster spot for the Packers. So because of that, the Packers won't have to cut one of these other tight ends and they can keep one of those other tight ends on the roster who they do like a lot. And I think that guy is going to be Dominique Daphne. Um, he did a lot of very good things for the Packers towards the end of last season. And I think they like him a lot. He is continuing to grow as a tight end in the NFL. And so I think he's going to be that fourth guy. Um, and that does mean the last tight end on this roster, the Packers will have to end up cutting Bronson, Kayafusi, who Rodgers actually loves. He's he's spoken of highly, but he's just not there yet. And as a guy who hasn't played regular season games, he is eligible to stay on the Packers practice squad, which I think will be really good for his development. I think this is a guy, if Rodgers really likes this guy, that means he does have a lot of potential to, de- to develop into something over the next few years. Maybe who Mercedes Lewis is now for the Packers, because this guy is six foot six, two hundred sixty pounds, just a brute of a man, and so he is going to dominate in the running game. He is that extra 
tackle almost, but that has enough athleticism to be a tight end. Um, and so uh, Bronson is a really good player and I think a really good guy to have on your depth at tight end. And then on the offensive line, so we kept four tight ends. And so on the offensive line, this is <clears throat> going to be interesting, okay? And it starts with this is David Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari is not practiced officially with the Packers at all. He's done his his rehab, I think, and I think that is going well for Bakhtiari. And it seems like he's very healthy, actually, at this point after uh, tearing his ACL just last December. It seems like he's really on track to play soon. And... But he's the one player the Packers could actually consider putting on the PUP list. This is physically unable to perform list. Um, and some qualifiers to be on this list is if you did not practice at all throughout training camp uh, because of a football injury. If that's the case, you've never practiced, you can put a guy on the PUP list. And what it does is it doesn't count as a roster spot, but that guy cannot play for six years weeks until week seven of the regular season and that would be right in time for the toughest stretch of the schedule for the Packers and the Packers don't want to be without Bakhtiari if he might be ready to play earlier in that but if he's not and they know that they can put him on the PUP list now and save a roster spot and maybe add a Kurt Benkert from earlier um, but I don't think the Packers are going to do that I think the Packers don't want to be without Bakhtiari if he might be ready to play earlier than that, even if it's one or two weeks, because the team and our offensive line is so much better with him out there on the field. And not only that, but you're going against some top ad rushers in these first few weeks. And I don't say play Bakhtiari if he's not 100% ready. Obviously, do not do that. But if you could, if you know he's ready to play, he should play. Um, and because of that, I'm not going to put him on the PUP because, uh, when the Packers play the 49ers in week three against Nick Bosa, that could be a guy that's too much for Elkin Jenkins at left tackle. And Rodgers could get hurt just by every time Rodgers gets hurt. That's a percent chance or gets hit. That's a percent chance he gets hurt. Okay. And you have to protect Rodgers and there's some big edge rushers. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, uh, coming up for the Packers, you know, Nick Bosa, like I said, in week three, TJ Watt, uh, I think in week four or week five. And then in week six, the Bears have Khalil Mack uh, against the Chicago Bears. And so a lot of top pass rushers and the Packers need to have Bakhtiari out there as soon as possible. So I have him counting on the 53-man roster for the Packers. Uh, other guys who are for sure going to make the team, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, Billy Turner. These guys are locks, the obvious starters at four of the top positions if they're all healthy at this point. The next four guys I have making this roster are guys fighting for that last starting spot if those four guys above that I just mentioned were healthy. And those guys are Royce Newman, John Runner Jr., Lucas Patrick, and Ben Braden. At this point, Royce Newman has been the highest grade rookie offensive lineman who has played a quality number of snaps. Um, there's other offensive rookie offensive linemen who played like 15, 16 snaps. For example, Jacob Capra actually another Packers offensive lineman who has played better than him according to PFF, but that's not very many snaps. So, um, but Royce Newman has been incredible. He's earned the starting right guy, great guard position. And because of that, the final spot up for grabs, I think it will be the left guard spot between Lucas Patrick and JRJ. 
At this point, Matt LaFleur says it's all still up in the air, and I get that, but there's only a strong case for Newman for that one job at this point. Uh, JRJ, Lucas Patrick have not played well. Um, but between this last spot, I think Lucas Patrick will probably start this season at the other guards, guard spot. JRJ is going to be the primary backup on the interior for the Packers. JRJ hasn't played great by any means, but the Packers do have high hopes for him in the future. And I believe he is capable of being a starter in this league. So I don't see a, a scenario where he would get cut. Ben Brain is that other player I mentioned. <clears throat> he has played his way to have a spot on this roster. I think at this moment, he's going to be the primary backup right tackle. And he has the versatility to play on the inside if needed. And the Packers really like what they have seen from him. Where this could get interesting is with the last few guys, the last few offensive linemen on this roster. Dennis Kelly being one of them. Kelly signed a one-year deal with the Packers and started the entire season for the Pack or for the Titans last season and played in bridge. He played at an average level as a starter for the Titans. And having a guy like that on the back end of your roster could be very important for the Packers. But now Dennis Kelly has a knee injury that has kept him out of practice and he couldn't play in last week's game. And two other young and promising tackles have played well in his absence. Cole Van Lannon, who now in over 50 snaps at right tackle, has a 74.3 overall grade. And he was a draft pick for the Packers this year, I think in the sixth round. And then left tackle Josh Nijman has a 78.6 overall grade. He started every snap at left tackle this preseason. He had one bad play in week one, giving up a strip sack on Jordan Love. But other than that, he's been solid. And... I think Yash Nijman is a lock to be on this roster as a backup tackle because he was a guy the Packers have kept on the roster for two years straight now. And now he's getting every starting snap at left tackle. I think he's a lock. Um, and it's going to be tough for the Packers uh, uh, and these guys. But I think Yash Nijman's a lock. I think Ben Brain's a lock. And so that puts the Packers at nine players on the offensive line they're keeping. And they kept... I think nine players last year. Uh, and now I'm trying to remember correctly. Uh, no, they kept 10. They did keep 10 last year. And I think the Packers are going to keep 10 again. And I think the last player they're going to keep between Dennis Kelly and Cole Van Lannon, I think it has to be Dennis Kelly. This is a guy who was a starter all of last season. And I think if they can get him healthy to have him as a depth piece for the Packers, I think I think that's what it has to be. I think having a depth piece like Dennis Kelly on your roster for that final one or two spots, and he has the potential to, when healthy, actually be capable of being your fifth best offensive lineman, uh, you have to keep him even at this point. You have to see more from him. You have to see if he gets healthy and where he's at. And I think uh, that is the right decision for the Packers. And... The Packers will have to cut Cole Van Lannon then, who has played well, Jake Hansen, and Jacob Capra as well. Uh, Jacob Jake Hansen isn't a rookie, uh, but Jake, Jacob Capra, another rookie, the Packers uh, didn't draft, but he's played really well. Um, and so I think they would probably want to see more from all three of these guys. And I think uh, all three of these guys are players the Packers are going to want on their practice squad. Um Hanson, basically a third-string center for the Packers. Jacob Capra, he's only played 16 plays, but he was an incredible run blocker, elite run blocker at the end of the last game. He was destroying players. 
I think the Packers are going to want to see more from him. And Cole Van Lannan, I think they just want him to continue to develop, continue to get better because he has a chance to be a primary backup swing tackle for you in the future. And so I'd li- like Cole Van Lannan hopefully making our practice squad as well. With that, the Packers are going to have 25 guys on offense. Right there, that was 25 guys. Um, on defense, I think this is where it's going to get interesting. On the interior defensive line, right now, we know who our three starters, starters are going to be. Kenny Clark on the nose, Kings Kiki at one DN spot, and Dean Lowry at the other. And we actually heard some good things from Dean Lowry this week, breaking up passes, causing pressure, which is really good to hear because Dean Lowry has had a history over the last couple of years of being a below-average player. And so hopefully he can do more in this new defense. Behind them, the Packers are going to keep rookie nose tackle TJ Slayton. Has incredible size and power. Could really impact the Packers this season for about 10, 15 snaps per game, giving Kenny Clark some rest because Kenny Clark cannot play 100% of your snaps at nose tackle. This is a guy who struggled with injury. This is a guy who, when you play at nose tackle and you're taking on double teams like that all the time, it is exhausting and you need to rest and someone at that size needs rest and there are situations though i do see the packers playing two defensive linemen looks where uh kenny clark on early downs and i could see kenny clark and tj slayton being the guys on the field because these are two guys who could both take on double teams if the packers are playing smaller on certain downs uh the next guy i think the packers are going to keep five interior defensive linemen and i think the only guy left who i've seen uh, play well at this point is Jack Heflin. I think he's the next closest guy to make this team after his two-pressure performance in last Saturday's game and just a solid game stopping the run. I think he should be the next closest, um, but the Packers are only going to keep five interior defensive linemen, and they still have Tyler Lancaster, who they could keep. And I don't see any scenario where they keep six interior defensive linemen. It just doesn't make sense. And I think it's going to really come down to this final game. Jack Heflin has to build on last week's game and really show he didn't get just lucky last week. If he does, Heflin could be the final guy to make this roster. If not, I think the job is Lancaster's. As Tyler Lancaster has been on this team, like Dean Lowry, for a very long time. And yeah, Tyler Lancaster is not a starter. He's not amazing by any means. But they know what they have in him. And if I had to pick right now, I would pick Lancaster be that guy especially with the Bills playing a good chunk of their stutters. I think we're going to see Heflin struggle in this game, and I think we're going to see Lancaster struggle as well, but I don't think Heflin's going to be good enough to overcome Lancaster, who's the veteran on this team. Even if the Packers keep Lancaster, who actually looked awful in the last preseason game, preseason game with a 44.7 overall grade, um, the other guys here, Jack Heflin, unproven, undrafted rookie, same with Willington, Prevlon, Carlo Kemp, Ab- Abdullah Anderson, all these guys you probably never even heard of. I don't want to keep any five of these guys on my roster right there. And this is a position I feel like we can almost guarantee the Packers should not keep any five of these guys after final, after seeing the players that are available after final cuts. Okay. Um, this is a position I think we should be looking out for. Hey, who is out there? Who can we upgrade? Is there anybody else in the preseason on other teams who could immediately improve this last position? I think TJ Slayton's the fourth guy, but that fifth guy, Lancaster, is 
obviously a veteran. He's okay. He has the experience. But I think you can upgrade that spot. And I want them, the Packers, to go out and sign Geno Atkins. I've said this a hundred times this offseason. Atkins is a veteran star in the NFL, and he needs to be on an NFL roster. He still has juice. He's going to be able to sign for a fairly low cost and would immediately be a starter, the second best interior defensive lineman on the Packers team. And it would take Dean Lowry out of the lineup, give him a primary backup role where he should be. This is their real move to make. And if not, look for the Packers to go sifting through final cuts to find an interior defensive lineman they like and add him to our roster. In the meantime, I think the Packers will sign Tyler Lancaster to the final roster spot just to cut him after signing someone better they find during final cuts. Hopefully the Packers can move Jack Heflin, maybe Willington Prevalon to the practice squad. But the last interior defensive line uh, uh, spot is a spot the Packers should easily be trying to upgrade at this point. And this is a spot, if not signing Atkins, I would be scouring the newly cut players and trying to make a waiver mover move on one of these guys. On the edge, Zadarius, Preston, Rashawn Gary are obviously going to make this roster. All are going to play a lot of snaps for the Packers. Um, and so those three guys are obvious locks. And I think last year's seventh-round pick, Jonathan Garver, Garvin, has shown enough in camp and had enough flashes to be kept on this team as that fourth edge rusher for the Packers. But with the Packers having uh, Zadarius Smith struggling with a back injury right now, um, that just won't seem to go away. The question is, should they be keeping another edge rusher on their uh, rusher on this roster? If Zedarius was healthy, I would say no. They have so much from their top three guys that I don't think they need a fifth. But Zedarius isn't healthy. And last season, the Packers kept five guys. And I think they're probably going to keep five again uh, in order to make sure they have enough guys on special teams as well. And I think the Packers have a real competition on their hands for that last spot on the edge. Packers Mike Smith, outside linebacker coach, loves Tipa Galea and I believe and believes with another offseason he if he can add some weight and keep his speed, he has real promise as an edge rusher. Right now, because of his size, because of his because of his speed, he could add a lot as a special teamer. And he was actually great in pass coverage last week as well, which is um, important um, to be able to do. Uh, Delonte Scott is more of your true edge rusher. He's played okay. And same with Chauncey Rivers who is the biggest and strongest of the three. It's really going to come down to how good they feel about Zedarius Smith, I think. Uh, I'm sure at this point, if they are worried he won't be able to play, then they might lean towards Rivers or Scott because they're more of that true edge rusher um, with their length, with their size. If they are not concerned, I think they're going to go with Tipa Galea and keep developing him. And these guys will all have to battle on Saturday in Saturday's game, and it could really make or break it for one of these guys. Um, so this is a, definitely a, a position to watch. At this point, I would choose Tipa Galea to be that final guy to make the roster for the Packers with his speed and the belief in his potential. And him being the size he is, I think he can add a lot to the special teams group as well, uh, where they had Randy Ramsey, another undersized guy they kept on the roster last year. And so Tipa Galea seems to kind of fit that mold. Onto the linebacker position. The Packers made a very surprising cut this week by cutting 2020 fifth-round draft pick Kamal Martin out of Minnesota. This is a guy this offseason I believe could be a starter for the Packers this year. He struggled with injury, though, and the Packers even tried him out at edge rusher. But for some reason, this guy couldn't stick, even though on a play-to-play basis last year, he was the best linebacker the Packers had. He was better than Chris Barnes. He was better than Ty Summers. He was better than Christian Kirksey. But something happened where this guy could not be on the team. 
I'm not sure if it's character or smarts, but he's gone at this point and it's sad because he did really have a lot of potential, I thought. I thought he was going to be the starter. and But the Packers did find their starters in Devondre Campbell and Chris Barnes. They have their primary backups and special team leaders in Ty Summers and Oren Burks, both of which I think will make this team because of special teams. And the Packers only kept four linebackers last season, and I see them doing that again this year. This is supposedly a defense that doesn't use the linebacker position very often, and the Packers and most of the NFL don't have two linebackers on the field very often anyways nowadays, and they add another cornerback on the field instead of a second linebacker. So I think at this point, unless Wilborn, Harris, or McDuffie do something crazy in this game, I think they're all going to be cut, and I think the Packers are going to try to bring back McDuffie to the practice squad. He was a six-round pick for the Packers who struggled with injuries this offseason and might still have some potential. And so I think McDuffie's a guy they're going to want on their practice squad for sure. Um, again, I think the Packers are going to be scouring, maybe find a last a different linebacker instead of Oren Burks or Ty Summers. But I think what those two guys, they know they get from them in special teams is really important to them. And so I don't know if they're going to get cut only another situation I could see happening is Oren Burks um, or Ty Summers getting hurt and the Packers deciding, uh, or any four of these guys getting hurt, and the Packers deciding to go out and finally sign uh, K.J. Wright, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks, a top eight linebacker last season uh, in the NFL, really good player, would be a huge upgrade for the Packers, you know, you don't want to spend money. I get that. But if you can upgrade this team, even if he just does one thing, if he's the dime linebacker, because he was one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL last season, uh, if he's just your dime linebacker, that would be huge, a huge upgrade to this team. Because right now, I'm pretty sure the Packers have used uh, Oren Burks as their dime linebacker. And Oren Burks has up and down performances all the time, not consistent. I don't think he's anything other than a special teams player for you. So to me, if there is an injury, maybe the pa- someone goes out and signs KJ Wright, and hopefully the Packers do because I think he could add a lot to this team, similar to Geno Atkins. Maybe not as much, but I think he could add a lot to this team, to this defense, an easy way to upgrade this Packers defense right now, right away. Um, on to the cornerback spot. I think this is one that was pretty easy for me. The Packers are going to keep Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Eric Stokes. Stokes and King are competing to be that starter on the outside. It seems like King is going to win that starting job, at least at the start of the regular season, based on practice reps now at this point. In the slot, Chan Sullivan is a lock as the slot corner. The primary backup to him is going to be rookie draft pick Shamarjean Charles. I think they're locks to make the rosters. When the Packers kept six cornerbacks last year, and the Packers... Uh, already traded away Kadar Holman and Josh Jackson, who are locks to be cut anyways, um, which is really good moves by Brian Gutekunst. And that leaves two main players left. It leaves Isaac Yadam and KB Ento. And I truly believe the Packers really do like KB Ento. I think he could play if needed with uh, a great first preseason game on his record now where he was the Packers' highest-graded defender in that game. I think... This is Ento's spot to lose based off his performance in that preseason game. Isaac Yadam was a player who was going to get cut anyways by the New York Giants, but Yadam does add um, what he, a lot, uh, I think, as a special teamer. 
He's a very sure tackler, but I think Ento would be the right selection for the Packers, and that's the direction I would go if I was Green Bay. Uh, I think I like his potential. And then we have the safeties. Last year, the Packers kept five, and I think this year they're going to do it again. This was going to be a hard decision for the Packers on who these five guys would be, but injuries really made this much easier. Will Redman, who's been the Packers' best special teamer for years, has been put on the IR. He's going to miss the season due to injury. Because of that, the Packers now uh, they're going to have to they're going to keep Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, obviously as the starters, Hunter Black and Vernon Scott for sure as their backups. Um, after that, it's kind of unknown, but a battle between Christian Uphoff and Innis Gaines. Uphoff I really liked as a draft prospect, um, but it hasn't gotten many snaps at all, which isn't promising him for him. While Innis Gaines has just looked terrible in both weeks of the preseason so far. So with that information, I don't feel comfortable with either of these guys making the final roster. I do think Gaines has proved nothing. While Uphoff is still a rookie, he does still have more potential maybe to develop. And specifically, Uphoff has been a great tackler. And the Packers need sure tacklers on their special teams units. And I think that might seal the deal for him to make this team. But this is another position where I'm searching for final cuts to upgrade this final safety spot for the Packers. And maybe it's just a special teams guy who has been great in the NFL to replace Will Redmond or a safety who has promise. We'll see. But that's a spot I would definitely be trying to upgrade. And this would be a total of 25 guys on defense now. Offense, we already had 25 guys. And then with Mason Crosby as our kicker, J.K. Scott as our punter, and Hunter Bradley as our long snapper, that's 53 roster spots for the Packers. So I'm excited to watch the Packers this weekend to see who wins that last starting spot on our offensive line, how good those backup offensive tackles play. Uh, Can someone impress on our interior defensive line on the edge as well? Who will win between Ento and Yadam at that cornerback spot? And who's going to win between Uphoff and Gaines at that final safety position? And who knows, maybe EQ will play in this game and compete with Malik Taylor for that last receiver spot. I'm not sure. So there is a lot to watch out for. And I'm most excited, probably, as you guys all should be, is watching Jordan Love to be able to lead this offense again. He missed last week's game, and so it's going to be exciting. And so definitely watch for that because hopefully we don't see him at all during the regular season. And so see what he can put on film, and hopefully he can continue to develop and continue to show promise Maybe even play at an elite level. Who knows? The big things we'll be watching next week is these final cuts and who the Packers should really go after if there are some some surprising cuts, which there always are. This is another opportunity for the Packers to upgrade this roster. Hopefully the Packers can make some minor improvements to the back end of this roster at that last safety spot, at the last interior defensive line spot, maybe at linebacker, and make this team just incrementally better. And it's the little things, guys. It's the process All of that adds up and can really make an impact. And it's going to be exciting to see what happens in the game on Saturday and for who makes this final roster. So that's all we have today, folks. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers Now. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me your view so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers Now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.